0: Welcome to the Near Church Podcast. This week's message starts now. We are in our series, Back to Eden. Somebody say, Back to Eden. And this is a strange text for Mother's Day, but just stay with me, okay? Uh, The Bible says this. Are you in Genesis chapter 3? The Bible says this, when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about in the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. Then the Lord God called to the man, where are you? Somebody say, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, and so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. Who told you? that you were naked, the Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree which I, which I, whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? And the man replied, it was the woman. I told you, this is not a normal text for Mother's Day. But <laughs> mamas, just stay with me. It was the woman. Now, how many of you men have said that before? It wasn't me. Don't you dare point to your wife this morning. Come on. It was the woman who gave me The fruit, and I ate it. Men were just as much in trouble. Come on. Then the Lord God asked the woman, what have you done? Well, She says, the serpent deceived me. Now, y'all, I hate snakes. So much. And I have a snake hanging out around my house right now. And I have gotten him with a shovel at least once. And he's going to meet his death shortly. Come on. You hate snakes. The, The serpent deceived me. She replied, that's why I ate it. Then the Lord God said to the serpent, here's why I hate snakes right here. Because you have done this, you are cursed more than all animals, domestic and wild. And you will crawl on your belly, groveling in the dust as long as you live. And I will cause hostility between you and the woman and between your offspring and her offspring. He will strike your head. Somebody say, he will strike your head. And you will strike his heel. Then the, then the Lord said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy. And all the ladies said, that's true. <laughs> and in pain, you will give birth. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. I know this is strange, but this morning, I want to preach to you on the subject even Jesus needed a mom. Look at your neighbor and say, even Jesus needed a mom. Come on, say it. Come on. Father, thank you so much for your presence we already feel in this room today. God, I pray that you would bless our moms today. Bless all the mamas in the house. God, let us receive this word today. Not just the mamas, every man in this house. God, let us learn what it really means to go back to Eden And to understand true kingdom purpose and identity in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody says, but give three people a high five on the way down and say, even Jesus needed a mom. Even Jesus, the son of God, needed a mom. Come on. He needed a mom. He needed a mom. He needed a mom. God has always wanted to use women in his kingdom. Now, ladies, I'm going to say a lot of good stuff for you today, so you better amen the mess out of me today, all right? He has always wanted to use women in his kingdom. And in a man-centered world, especially in the sphere of religion, it's easy to focus solely on the role that men play in bringing his kingdom from heaven to earth, Because women have always been told to sit down and be quiet. Sit down, be quiet. Women have been told that they don't matter. Women have been told they cannot lead. Women have been told they cannot speak. Women have been told that they don't have a voice. Where you at in the room? But God's plan has always been to use mankind which encapsulates both men and women together and in fact I believe that women are a key to revival in the days we are living in Joel chapter 2 and 28 says this and then after doing all these things I will pour out my spirit upon all people your sons and your daughters somebody say daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. When God began to speak about an outpouring that was coming, specifically in Acts chapter 2, and I believe this promise is still for us today, he didn't reserve it for men alone. The outpouring, the revival of God's spirit that we were called to see in the earth was not reserved for a man and it still isn't today come on ladies god has called you to rise up out of obscurity into the realm of authority that you are called to for too long the enemy has kept you quiet for too long the enemy has said you don't matter let the man lead for too long you have not used your voice but today You are going to use your voice, which is the power of death and life. Come on. And you're going to speak to the forces of hell and say not my child not my son not my husband come on you can't have my family you can't have my church no you won't have my city no you won't have my mind where you at so I say to the women of near church today and every woman that is watching and listening today or after rise up and prophesy rise up and pray rise up and declare come on rise up and praise the lord rise up and use your voice come on right now all the women in the house i want you to use your voice and lift up a shout of praise rise up you weren't meant to sit in a corner you weren't meant to just be in kids ministry and you weren't meant to just be a mother now men speak to all the men in the room we can't be intimidated by the role that women play in the kingdom for too long we have let our insecurities speak and we have pu- we have pushed women aside because of our insecurities but we also can't say that our roles are the same all the time now stay with me i know some of y'all are like uh oh, uh pastor <laughs> beyond men and women All of us have unique callings on our lives that must be fulfilled in the earth. And our callings are special to us. And together, we make up his body, the Bible says, his bride. Paul describes it as lively stones. Have you ever built with a stone that was alive? No. Can you imagine how hard it is to put a stone in place and it jumps off? (laughs) Lively stones. All together we make up his body, his bride. We can't say to the foot, I don't need you. It has a part. We can't say to the nose, I don't need you. It has a part to play. All of us have a part in making up what is the body of Christ. Are you still with me today? So only together, collectively, can we see exactly what God promised. We tried to hush each other up for so long, and our enemy laughs because it's his tactic to divide and conquer. Now, let's look at our story today. Before the text that we read today, the Bible tells us that a serpent, a snake, all of them are evil, all of them are going to hell, come on, especially the one living in my house, comes to Eve and begins to speak to her about what God said. Anytime you start doubting what God said, no, there is a demon behind it. I'm going to say that again for the people in the back. Anytime God starts speaking, not God, the enemy starts speaking something to you that is contrary to what God has said, No, there's a demon behind it. And so Eve has been deceived by the devil, by our adversary. Now, there's some theories on why this happens, and a lot of people take this text and and push women under because of what Eve did. But I would dare to say it's Adam's fault. Amen. I would dare to say. It's Adam's fault because he did not effectively communicate what God told him. Men, we are called to be the priests of our household. That's Bible. You get mad at me, whatever. It's Bible. We are called to lead our households as the priest. And if our family falls into deception, It falls onto us. It's our job. And so Eve is deceived. Eve is deceived. Why did Eve get her? Why did the serpent, excuse me, get Eve by herself? Because she knew, he knew without Adam. Mm -hmm. It was easier to deceive her. Because if Adam had been there, he could have said, hold up hold up. No, 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 no. That's not what God said. But instead, he separates her. That's why a lot of marriages fall apart. Because we don't view marriage as one person. We view it as two people living in a household. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says when you come together in marriage, you become one flesh, one person. That's why when you see me, you see my wife Faye. When you see Pastor Faye, you see me, her husband Andrew. Because together, that's how we're meant to be. Apart, it just doesn't make sense. Maybe some of you in the room, like when Pastor Faye's not there, I can't sleep. It's weird. Like, why isn't her body next to me? You know what I'm saying? I can guarantee I will not sleep and I'm going to have extra coffee the next day because she's not there. Why? Because we were meant to be together. And so the enemy knows that if he can separate, come on, where you at in the room? If I can get them arguing and separate them, I can do what I want to do. Now, this isn't a sermon about marriage, but just stay with me. This is context. What was Eden all about? It was about covenant with each other. Now let's go to Genesis chapter 2 and 28, or in verse 18. The Bible says this, Then the Lord God said, It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for man to be alone. I will make, somebody say a helper, who is just right for him. Women, ladies, you were made to be A helper. Now, this isn't what we think it means. I know what you thought. Great. He's going to talk about how I need to use the vacuum more. He's going to talk about how I'm not cooking enough meals. That's not what I mean by helper. But that's how religion has distorted this text. Are you ready to find out what it really means? Okay. In the Hebrew, the word helpmate or helper is derived from two words. The first word is Ezer. Somebody say Ezer. It means to rescue, to save, to be strong, or Savior. It's a military term, which means mighty warrior. And in fact, it's a word that God uses to describe Himself. Come on, ladies. You're an Ezra. You're a warrior. You weren't meant to just sit by and not do anything. That's why hell has tried to shut your mouth. Come on. Because he knows that inside of you, in your spirit, is a mighty warrior that your husband, that your kids need. Oh, come on. Ezra. Somebody say Ezer. So that's the first word. Ezra. And then it it also has the word Some Somebody say "kanigdo." Kanigdo means in front of him, opposite to him, corresponding to him. But this isn't what we think it is. This is not about being the opposite as in the weaker sex. That's not what this means. In this term, it's a term that is used to describe the two wings of a bird. The wings of a bird are sort of alike, but none are the same. You catching what I'm getting? Conigdo is describing how a bird must take flight. It must have both wings in order to be able to do what it was created to do. Come on. So men in the house, you need to realize you need your lady. Did you hear me? You need your lady, and lady, you need your man. The purpose that God has for you, man, I feel like preaching in this house. The purpose that God has for you can only be done jointly together. Connecto. So, today, ladies, you are a mighty warrior. You were made to be a helper. They're different, but called to be the same purpose. Now listen, this term helper is not a downgrade. It's an upgrade because it really describes how fierce you are called to be. Come on, moms, you are a fierce warrior in the kingdom of heaven. And I want to tell you today, the kingdom can't be built without you. Come on, ladies, I want you to just declare this over your life today. Can you say this with me? I am a warrior. Oh, come on, you can do it better than you got to sound like a warrior. Come on. I'm a warrior in the kingdom, and hell fears who I am called to be. Come on, give God a clap of shout right there. Conigdo. We're called to do this thing together. You still with me? Is this helping somebody? Genesis 1 and 28. This is deeper into the purpose of a woman. Then God blessed them, the man and the woman, and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds of the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. Out of covenant, out of oneness, came their purpose with one another. Be fruitful. Somebody say, Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Govern it. And reign. Have dominion. That's what it means. God always wanted to use women To fulfill kingdom purpose in the earth. Now I know this is contrary to popular opinion. And Apple emojis. But men can't have babies. I know there's an emoji on your phone that says otherwise. But men cannot have babies. I know there's an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he has one. It's weird. Don't watch it. But men cannot. Did you hear me? Men cannot have babies. That's a deep revelation that just needs to sit for a second. We can't. It is scientifically impossible for us to have babies. Thank God. God. Somebody cue the praise break so I can run all over this house that I didn't have to birth Grayson or Sadie. Come on. Men can't have babies. Somebody say men can't have babies. We can't. It's scientifically impossible. We cannot have babies. We can't. And it's by design that we cannot give birth to children. Only women It's by design. Only a woman can be a mother. Only a woman can be a mother. I know there's a lot that's going on in society and culture that's telling us different. So I, as your pastor, have to sometimes make definitive lines. Not based on my preferences, based on the word of God. That's how we live according to the word, correct? Only women can be a mother, and this role was built right into the kingdom design. The way God would make earth look like heaven would be through the system of a man and a woman. But watch this your kingdom purpose, ladies, is not just to have babies. That's only the first part of it be fruitful. Somebody say, be fruitful. fruitful. And notice that it doesn't just say to Adam. It says, God said to them. Who's them? Adam and Eve. So ladies, your purpose is far more than just birthing babies. That's only the first part. It's to birth children into this world and take what God wants to do in them and multiply it. Stay with me. They're good at art. You start teaching them. You start crafting them. Baby, God wants to use you in art. Look at this thing that's on you. Multiplying. Are you with me? Be fruitful. Multiply. Fill the earth. Have governance. You were meant to rule and reign. You were meant to rule and reign. But notice, I told you this isn't a marriage sermon. We're going to get to more mother stuff in a second, but this is all context. Notice how when God says you're going to have dominion and you get to reign and rule, it never says over each other. So all you in the house that are always telling your spouse what to do and they never have a say, you were against Genesis chapter 1. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but it's truth. We don't rule over each other, we rule together. And that's the only way that kingdom purpose comes. If we wanna raise kingdom children, it must be together. Guys, they can't just have a mom, you have to be there too. Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, govern it, and reign it. This is the original design. We're going back to Eden today, right? Are you still with me? Genesis chapter 3 and 15. Now this is where we really get to it today. This is from the text today. If they'll throw that back up there. This is the promise. This is the first prophecy we see about the Messiah. And I will cause hostility between you, the serpent, and the woman. Between your offspring and her offspring. The older translation says he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. You will bruise his heel. This is the first prophetic word we see of Jesus coming to restore kingdom order in the earth. And look at who the Father is telling this to the devil. The devil. He wanted to remind the enemy, catch this, of how vital the role of a mother would be in reestablishing kingdom order. He tells the devil, watch out for this woman and her offspring because you will bruise his heel. But listen, devil, he's going to crush your head. He's going to do you're going to do everything you can to try to wipe out this baby. You're going to use hair to try to kill all of the babies in the moment so this baby can't be born, but it won't matter. I'll send him to Egypt because this baby was called to crush your head. Eve's story is not a story of loss. It's a story of redemption. Eve You lost your dominion, but I'm going to restore it. And maybe there's some mothers in this room today and you've made some mistakes and you feel like a failure as a mother. I want to tell you that God took her fall and brought beauty out of it and that the father didn't discount all women because of her mistake no in fact when he said i'm gonna bring redemption into the world he said i want to use it through the vehicle of expression that messed up that made the mistake ladies i know you may have done some things you're not proud of as a mother but listen god can redeem every single one of your mistakes god can where are you at in the house god can redeem every single one of those things now look at your neighbor ladies and say it's not over yet it's not over yet i know the devil has bruised some heels but jesus is coming and he's going to bring back kingdom order and he's going to crush that enemy he's going to crush that addiction he's going to crush i feel the holy ghost he's gonna crush that thing come on lift up a shout of praise if you're glad for the savior that came and crushed our enemy I told you this wasn't a normal Mother's Day message. So the father wanted to redeem Eve's story. He wanted to redeem Eve's story. And he chooses Mary to bring Jesus into the world. Now I want to go to some scriptures today. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. It won't be on the screen, but that's all right. You can just listen. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, Elizabeth was the mother of John the Baptist. She's an old lady, y'all. <laughs> like dried up womb. There's no way she could have had children. But God shows up and says, I'm going to use you to bring John the Baptist into the world. Because the prophet said there's going to be a forerunner, someone who comes before Jesus. Jesus who's preparing the way for kingdom order. So he says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman. Favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever and his kingdom will never end. Now, if you're taking notes, I want you to write these four things down. Four things that God says about you, ladies. Four things of kingdom purpose out of the story of Mary. You ready? Number one You are favored. You are favored. You are favored. Favor is on you. God chose you to carry what you carry. God chose you. Because I know how it is. Sometimes you're like, man. Because I think this as a father sometimes. I'm sure you do too. Was I really the right person for these kids? Let's just be honest in the room. Was was I really, God, did you make a mistake? No, you're favored. I said, you're favored. Being a mother, being a parent can be stressful at times. But in reality, you are favored to raise those kids. I said, God's favor is on you. He didn't choose anybody else. He chose you. So all the insecurities that you have about motherhood, remember this. I'm highly favored and he chose me to do this. So every time the devil speaks to you and says you're a bad mother, you say the devil's a liar. I'm highly favored. I'm the apple of his eye. God chose me to do this. You're favored. That's number one. Number two, the Lord is with you. Not only are you favored, but the Lord is with you. You are not in this alone. There may be some single mothers watching today. You're not in this alone. I know it feels like you're alone, but the Lord is with you. But Jesus, I don't know how to raise this child. It's okay because his spirit is with you. And one of his names is El Shaddai, which means more than enough. Come on, he's more than enough. He hasn't called you to parent this child and he hasn't left you alone. But pastor, my mom was a bad mom and I don't know how to be a good one. His spirit is in you today to teach you to raise that child because you're favored. Come on. And the Lord is with you. And today I hear what Jesus promised. I will never leave you. And I will never forsake you. So number one, you're favored. Number two, the Lord is with you. Number three, you will conceive and give birth. Mama, you were called to carry and birth life. You were called to it. But this isn't just a physical thing either, I believe. I believe you were called to carry and birth things in the spirit. This is why I think women are such amazing intercessions people, and prayer warriors because they know how to carry a burden and make it manifest in the natural. Ladies, you know how to carry a burden. I guarantee if you put that weight on us men, come on. You think you gain weight from food in the pregnancy? You ain't seen nothing yet. Come on. You can carry things we can't carry. We carry heavy stuff. You carry burdens. It's a joke. (laughs) You were meant to carry and give birth. You were called to take what's in the spirit and manifest it in the earth to bring heaven to earth. Are you with me? So you're favored. The Lord is with you. You will carry things and give birth to them. And number four, you will name him. I'm going to use you ladies, you mamas, to speak over things, to use your voice. You're going to name him. It's more than picking a baby name, y'all. And there's some real weird ones out there. I heard about this one. It was La Dasha. It's a beautiful name. But that's not how it was spelled. L U dash A H. Like, there's some weird names out there. Stop naming your kids parts of nature. It's weird. I'm going to name my kid Dirt. (laughs) Come here, Dirt. Pick up the trash, Dirt. It's weird. It's more than a baby name, y'all. It's more than a baby name, it's a lifestyle of faith. It's what Hebrews 11 describes as speaking things as they are, even if they're not. So when that child is acting crazy, you don't say, hey you little brat. You say, hey you child of God, you're highly favored, I love you in Jesus' name, you're gonna be a great prayer warrior. (laughs) you speak it in faith because you have been given an ability to name something to call things out as though they're not come on you've been given this purpose we don't call them what we see we call them blessed, smart, kind, pure well behaved and this is the result of what the angel spoke to Mary. Look at the result, verse 32. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David and he will reign over Israel forever. And his kingdom will never end. What God wanted to do through Mary as a mother would help establish the kingdom in the earth. Here's the word. What you do as a mother has eternal consequences. Now, I know know when I said that, you're like, geez, pastor, I don't need any more pressure as a mom. (laughs) Like this thing has eternal consequences. You start thinking back of every stupid thing you've done. This isn't about pressure. This is about privilege. I get to carry something, raise it, name it. And it's going to have eternal consequences. I get to carry, raise giant killers. Can you think about that? I get to birth something that's going to change things in the earth. What a privilege, ladies. What a privilege. You get to make a change in the earth. And I want to tell you today, you're doing more than you know. Mamas, you're doing more than you know. Just showing up is doing more than you know. Not cussing your kids out is doing more than you know. Praying with them at bedtime is doing more than you know. Come on, mamas. Keep it up. You're raising giant killers. You're raising threats to the kingdom of hell. So I know you want to go crazy sometimes. But listen, what you're doing matters. You're doing more than you know. Now look at somebody and say, you're doing more than you know. You're doing more than you know. Can I give you one more revelation this morning and then I'm going to lay in this plane and you all can go out to eat. Come on. You all for one more thing? I wasn't going to include this, but I really felt the, the Holy Spirit prompt me to do this in the next part of Luke chapter 1, verse 39. Is this helping you today? I hope this is helping you. Verse 39, a few days later, Mary hurried to the hill country of Judea to the town where Zechariah, who's Elizabeth's spouse, lived. And she entered the house and greeted Elizabeth. And at the sound of Mary's greeting, Elizabeth's child leaped within her. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she gave a glad cry and exclaimed to Mary, God has blessed you above all women and your child is blessed. Some of y'all just need to claim that my child's blessed. I know they're acting like a brat, but they're blessed. I know they're fighting like cats and dogs, but they are blessed. My child is blessed. Why am I so honored that the mother of my Lord should visit me? When I heard your greeting, The baby in my womb jumped for joy. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. What was in Mary caused what was in Elizabeth to leap within her. I know what some of you are thinking. So what? Babies move around all the time. They kick. They move. That's one of my favorite parts about pregnancy is feeling the baby kick. It's amazing. I could just sit there and and just be on my wife's belly all day long. Come on. So what? Babies move around all the time. A lot of theologians believe that Elizabeth had experienced a miscarriage and that John, who was called to be the forerunner of Jesus, was dead in her womb. So we read the scripture and say, so what? A baby's moving. But what was in Mary caused something that was dead to come back to life. Come on. But notice this. It wasn't Mary laying hands on her. It wasn't any of that. What was it? At the sound of Mary's voice, her greeting. Mamas, you are called to speak life. This hit me so hard. You are called to speak life. And when you speak life, mamas, it will shift atmospheres. It will shift atmospheres. When you speak, dead things will come back to life. Dead situations will live again. What you carry will shift atmospheres. We need you in the kingdom more than you know. More than you know. I'm tired of seeing women take a back seat to the purpose that God has for them. I'm not me without you. And I can't do what I'm called to do. Come on. We can try. And it's easy to have one (laughs) wing flapping in the air. But we will never do what we were called to do. Until we are one together. Mamas, what you have on you, what you have in you, the purpose on your life, is more than you know. You're called to shift atmospheres. You're called to bring dead things back to life. So speak life today. Come on, let's stand all across this house. Hey listener, thanks for tuning in to the Near Church podcast. You can give online, fill out a virtual connection card, plan your visit, and more by texting the words Near Church to nine four zero 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 or by visiting us online at www.nearchurch.co.